I text about probably 25 or 30 people today. Simple little paragraph, short little paragraph. Where would we be without the Lord in our life? Where would we be? See if I can find it exactly here. Where would we be if it weren't for the Lord Jesus? Where would I be? Where would you be? And I want to talk about that tonight. I'm reading from Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Not Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. The Bible said, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. I'm glad that after Jesus, the man, was anointed with the Holy Ghost, he didn't just go sit on a church pew somewhere and say, I got what I needed. He started looking for people to exercise goodness upon and oppress people that were bound by the devil that he could heal them and set the captive free. I think church should be more about just sitting in the seat and Shaking somebody's hand, it ought to be that we come one way and leave another every time. And it, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And that's my title tonight, Where Would I Be If It Wasn't For Jesus? Look at somebody and say, Where Would I Be? Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and loving kindness. Thank you for your goodness, God, tonight. We trust and praise you. We love and adore you. We exalt and magnify you. God, let your word work on the recesses of our soul and mind. Let it get down behind the walls, God, in the gutters of our life. Help us to leave here better, closer, more anointed than we came in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Where would I be if it wasn't for Jesus? You may be seated. In your Bible, in particular, Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, from verses 46 all the way through 52, the story of a man named Bartimaeus. The prefix bar, B-A-R, means son of. Son of, and then the writer said, Timaeus. So whenever you said Bartimaeus, it was automatically telling us your history, your background who your father was, how you were raised, what you gained growing up in your household. But here near the walls or the entrance of the new city, Jericho, sat a man every day begging just to stay alive, just to get another meal, just to get a little substance. And I'm, I'm no doubt convinced that people might walk by and maybe shaking their head in pity at the man's poor condition. He's blind. He's a beggar. But I want you to know something. The story of blind Bartimaeus is not randomly placed in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. It is strategically placed there because of what went on right before the story. follows the discussion Jesus is having about true discipleship. Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. 
by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have loved one to another, Jesus said. Now, the previous 10 verses, I've got to calm down a bit here. The previous 10 verses, Jesus is dealing with an issue that's intruded into the circle. It's, it's crept in the midst of the closest confidants of the Lord's ministry. There's a desire for hierarchy creeping in to the 12 apostles. Let's get real. The lust for power is not only in the political arena tonight. There's lust for power in the church. There's lust for power in your home. There's lust for power on your job site. People are jealous of one another, always trying to climb the corporate ladder, no matter who they have to step on. But in Mark's scriptures, leading up to Mark chapter 10, 46 through 52, we have the disciples, the closest followers of the Lord, squabbling for spiritual status, trying to find a place where they can sink their teeth into rank. <laughs> They're posturing for vertical influence. They're trying to get in that place where only one or two will ever go by manipulation. By lying a little bit. By not being transparent in the Lord's eyes. It's funny to me that even preachers, even preachers, or should I say especially preachers, can be guilty of this. Now, of course, no one in our congregation. Uh -huh. That's for the Facebook ministry. Zoom him on my face right now, brother. Trying to send a message, hallelujah. Even preachers, lay members, Sunday school teachers, musicians, sometimes are harboring secret desires. Climb the ladder. But Jesus taught this in those 10 verses prior. That to be great in the kingdom is not someone that sits on the left hand or the right hand. That's what they came to him asking. When you get up there, let me sit here and my brother sit there. But Jesus was teaching us about true discipleship. And you cannot understand discipleship unless you understand servants and being servant-minded. Being thankful. Being grateful, being appreciative. That's all synonymous with being a true disciple of the Lord. People like Bartimaeus, look at their stature. Look at their, their carryings on. They just seem to have a down-to-earth gratitude when they were genuinely touched by the presence of the Lord. You want to see some flat-out, 100-proof, smack-dab, amazing Bible verses that talk to you personally? Want to see him? Brother, if you walk out here saying, that didn't touch me, we need to check your pulse tonight, all right? Give me Psalm 100, but we're reading from the message translation. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all your lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, King James. This is what the message translation says. On your feet now. Up, applaud God. 
bring a gift of laughter. Look at that. Sing yourselves into his presence. On your feet now, applaud God, bring a gift of laughter, sing yourself into his presence. Well, how do I want to say this? Had one brother say to me years ago, still applies, but he's long gone. He said, I show up preaching time because music bores me. Appreciate your honesty. But you and I need to sing to prepare our heart. It may be a joyful noise. It may sound worse than I sound, and that's pretty bad. But I told you the other day, you got to come with intention. I'm going to intentionally sing unto the Lord. I'm going to come with a made-up mind to worship God. I don't care what tries to distract me. I'm coming intentionally to sing unto the Lord. Sing yourselves. In. It is hard to stay glum when you start singing. Now, you, you want to sing Good Time Charlie's Got the Blues. I understand why you stay down. Do you want to start singing about how good God is, how precious his word is, how good it is to be in the house of God? It's hard to stay down. All right, it's going to take forever to get Psalm 100, verse 2. Know this, God is God. And God, God, he made us. We didn't make him. We're his people. His well-tended sheep. Verse three. Keep going. Please move this ahead. Thank you. Yeah, I love this. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, King James. Enter with the password. Well, he knows what I need. I'm just going to sit here and wait on God. David said, there's a key to getting in his presence. There's a clue to getting behind the walls. Enter with the password. You know what the password is? Thank you, Jesus. 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 So he said, go ahead and applaud him. Sing yourself into his presence. Come in with a password. Thank you. Make yourselves at home. Look at this. Talking praise. Sister Carlson, are you still in here? Did you go out? I don't know where the idea came from, but I thank you for getting all that T-shirt activity together. Such a play for helping that get together. I'm, my sons want some. David texted me today. Said, get me one for me and one for Melinda, one for Riley, one for um, Augie. Thank you. Those things are just precious. They're amazing. Yeah. Praise really does work. Yeah. I said, praising the Lord really works. Hallelujah. He said, make yourselves at home and start talking about praising the Lord. Thank him.
worship him. God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and forever. If you paid attention to any of that and say that didn't move you, <laughs> applaud him, password, praise him. You know what Bartimaeus had that the disciples lacked? Gratitude. They said, I want some power in the ministry. Bartimaeus just said, I want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you for touching me. I... Bartimaeus had the password. Our commentary, or at least one commentary, I should say, said, this is why Bartimaeus is named in the story personally, because it was an intimate intimate story with the Lord. And Bartimaeus start, uh, stands in stark contrast to what some of these disciples were thinking, searching for rank, inner circle, inside jokes. Look at this. Here's a man, a beggar. We throw away more food in life than some people ever eat or ever have a chance to eat. Here's a beggar just looking for a meal. I don't know if he had kids. I don't know if he had family. We're not told. All he's asking for is something that most of us take for granted. Here's Mark and James over here. Hey, when you get, James and John, when you get it up there, you know, would you kind of reach back in your memory and remember us? Give us a special place to sit. I don't know what Jesus did. I know he was graceful. If I'd have been him, if I'd have been his spokesman, I'd said, <laughs> All he's asking for is basics. You see, it's the servant-minded people. That make any congregation a success. It's people that aren't looking for status, rank, position, notice, limelight. It's people that will just put things together. That will put vacation Bible schools together. And it works with grand beauty and grand unity. Our text said, Acts 10, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Mr. Webster said this about the word oppressed. It means crushed, persecuted, tyrannized. He goes on to say to oppress is to harass, punish, in a manner designed to injure or afflict, unquote. That's what the devil's trying to do to you tonight, Brother Tostin. Injure you, afflict you, harass you, intimidate you, punish you, crush you, persecute you. Can you imagine the goal of these two men? And he's coming out saying, I'm looking for somebody I can be good to. 
I'm trying to find somebody I can heal from all that oppression. And they're chosen to be in the inner group, and they're saying, hmm. But he came doing good and healing, but the writer said, all oppressed of the devil. Ever feel like life's bigger than you? <laughs> Not ever, but how often, right? Ever feel like the devil's having his way sometimes in your schedule, in your emotions? I'm not giving him any glory. I'm just telling you how life is sometimes. He came for us to do good things to us and to heal us from being crushed and intimidated. And Bible said every good thing comes from the Lord, James 1.17. I text that little statement out to about 25 or 30. Some of you here, some of my pastor friends, some of my evangelist friends. Show me my title again, please. Where would I be if it wasn't for Jesus? I'm just, I just wrote down a couple of responses. And I'm, I, if I repeat your response, <clears throat> it's just because I was impressed by it, okay? Where would I be if it wasn't for Jesus? I had several say, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to think about it. I like that response. Ephesians 5.12, you don't have it, but for you that like to take notes, Paul said it's a shame to even think about the things we used to do in the dark. I don't want anything to do with what I used to be. I don't want to know, many of you said. One person said, I know I'd be strung out. One person said, I know I'd be dead. Two, Actually, two or three said that. Several said, I know I'd be lost outside of the grace of God. One person said, I'm sure I'd be an API. And they all moved me. But one made me stop and go, mm. And that man back there said, I know I would be in the Colorado Federal Penitentiary if it weren't for the Lord stepping into my life. And I just went, oh. Where would you be tonight if it wasn't for Jesus, huh? Well, I don't have everything I want, Pastor Herring. Where would you be if it weren't for the Lord in your life? He came into your life doing good things. And healing people that were oppressed. Ask Israel the man, where would you be, sir? If it weren't for the Lord, he'd say, I'd still be Jacob the deceiver. Ask Israel the nation, where would you be? If it weren't for the Lord, they'd say, still back in Egypt. Ask Lazarus at the tomb, where would you be if it wasn't for Jesus? He said, I'd still be in the grave. Huh? Ask the thief on the cross, where would you be if it weren't for the Lord doing good things in your life? I'd still be hanging on the cross somewhere. Jesus, Brother Mike, gives the Great Commission. He gave it to the twelve, but it didn't die there. He said, go into all the world, Matthew 28, 19. Go and teach. Go and teach. Go and teach. Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8. And as you go, as you go, verse 8, 
heal the sick. Remember what he did? He came to do good and heal all that were oppressed of the devil. Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely ever see, freely give. Now wait a second before we leave that scripture. We've seen too many movies when we fear that part of that scripture, cast out devils. We've seen too much Hollywood. Matthew 8.16 said, he cast out spirits with his word. Now listen, I'll pray for your house. I'll come into your new trailer. I'll come into your apartment and pray that everything evil go out. But you know how that happens really? By you living right. If you want junk out of your home, spirits, thoughts, you got to live right. You got to get rid of that junky music and junky Hollywood. That's what drives spirits out of your home. Too much Hollywood influence in our thoughts. You have power. And I make no, I, I know there's people on Facebook right now. I, I'm sure the one person that I'm thinking about today, or they always are. I'm not trying to belittle anybody. I've been in your home. I've prayed for your house. But I also told you at the same time, you get rid of that garbage music that, that glorifies all kind of rotten immoral, ungodly, and you'll be surprised. I'm trying to say that we should be doing good and healing as we were commissioned of him to be doing. Let me just hurry through this, trying to get somewhere. Mark 16, part of the Great Commission. He said, go into all the world. Go preach. Everybody. Go ahead. Let's go through it. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Sorry about that. No, I'm not really. But people that say it has nothing to do with it, baptism is works, and you need to talk to Jesus. He that believeth, yes, yes, we have to believe. No one's going to get baptized if they don't believe. Duh. But there's a process of being born of the water. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. If I lack the signs, it's not his fault. In my name shall they cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now listen, I 100% categorically believe in the supernatural power of God to perform wonders, signs, and miracles. You'll never convince me that God doesn't want that to happen in the body of Christ. For physical healing... Miraculous things, I believe in it. But think with me. Let's just go a little deeper. Think with me. Hold on to that. We believe it. And we're going to keep, we're gonna keep exib exhibiting that belief. You come up here to pray, I'm going to pray every time, just like I believe God is going to change things instantaneously. 
say, well, if it didn't happen, Pastor, you must not be a man of God. Don't talk to me. He's, he's the one that promised it, all right? I'm just acting on his word. But think with me. Do we understand how much emotional health is needed in the church and in the world tonight? And how much emotional healing can occur by simple acts of kindness? Come on, think about it. Think about it. People carry around all sorts of stuff. Grudges, hostilities, bitternesses, unforgivenesses. When genuine, heartfelt, sincere apologies can melt years, can melt decades of hatred. Emotional healing. Just like I believe in physical healing, I also believe that we have the power to bring about emotional well-being through kindness. Yeah, you're not shouting. That's all right. That's all right. How much better is it when someone comes up to you and says, I hope you have a good day. I love you so much. I'm praying for you. Then if they come up to you and say, I really don't care what happens to you. i got my own problems, so get out of my way. There are a lot of people, a lot of us sitting in this room tonight, even in leadership, even maybe in sound ministry, anywhere, people that are just bearing emotional burdens. And Jesus said to the rest of us, start doing good and healing all that were oppressed, persecuted, harassed, punished, tyrannized of the devil. How much power is in an apology? How much power is available when someone comes up and says, you know what, I'd just like to... I'd like to burn all the, you know, throw everything away that has been between you and I forever. How can you hold on to a grudge when someone sincerely comes to you saying, I'm, I want to start healing my own emotional man? So I believe in power. I believe in the power of, of physical healing. And I expect God to do it every time we ask him to do it. But I also believe we overlook the power we possess to do good and be healers in the emotional bank of others around us. I, I could go through this room tonight. There are many people that are just organically healers. Everything they do is good. That's, I, I'm not talking to them. They're just optimistic Olivers. Everywhere they go, they're happy. I'm talking to the rest of us. They do it naturally. But just because we may have to work at it does not mean we don't possess the power through the Holy Ghost to be kind, to be generous, to be loving, to be forgiving, to be compassionate, and see healing transpire. And you know what happens a lot of time when people emotionally experience healing? Their physical well-being follows in suit. Man, I could just be kind and do something good in your life. You could just be generous and do something good in their life. You could just be forgiving and help that person over there to get over an emotional wall that they've been struggling with. 
Hallelujah. Now Mark 10, 52. After Bartimaeus has had his vision restored. Jesus said to him, okay, go about your business, son. Just go live your life now. All the man wanted to see was the mountains, the streams, the sand, the rocks, the valleys, the greenery. Sometimes people in and out of the church can't be happy unless everything's going just right. I get it. I get it. But look what it said Bartimaeus does. He didn't even think about it. Immediately. Oh, no, I'm going where you go, Jesus. Because wherever you go, because wherever you go, you're doing good things. Someone said, I don't need to go to church. No. You know, it's true. You don't need to do a lot of things. But it's certainly beneficial. If you want to go to heaven. If you want to be involved in the work of God doing good things, there's a whole lot of good that needs to be done that doesn't require a string on a guitar, a drumstick on a whatever, a Sunday school book being passed out. There's a whole lot of good we need to be doing. You know what? I feel like some of our family members will be in the church when we realize that we have the power to begin healing emotional things. Emotional things. Emotional things. Jesus said, all right, I gave you what you wanted. Now go about your business. Bartimaeus said, nope, I'm going where you go. Because you're doing good and you're healing all that are oppressed of the devil. You know, we should be able to come to church one way and leave better. Because he heals. So I close with this thought tonight. Thank you, Casey. I close with this thought. Where would you be if it wasn't for Jesus? I can promise you this. He may not have done everything you've asked him to do yet, but you're in a much better place now with him than you ever were without him. Just to know he's in your life. Because you know what his business is? Doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Who doesn't want to be around that? All right, I'm closing. What does God want out of us? What does God really want out of you, Brother Eugene? What does God really want out of you, Brother Bob? He's busy doing good and healing. But what does God want out of you, from you? One of two is Psalm 22.3. He lives wherever there's praise. What did, what did the writer said, say? Come with the password, being thankful. 
enter with thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm asking God to remind you ten times a day. Thank you, Jesus. On the airplane tomorrow, behind the wheel of that taxi cab Friday, wherever you are, thank you. God, would you remind every brother in this house, every sister in this house, at least ten times a day, come with the password. Thank you. Thank you for doing me good. Thank you for healing my life. I'm not what I used to be. Brother, are you glad you're not in the Colorado Federal Penitentiary? Thank you, Lord. Somebody said, I don't understand all this shouting. Well, if you'd been facing 99 years in the Colorado pen, you might understand why the man's so happy. Thank you, Jesus. Number one, number one, what he wants you to do is be thankful. That's not too much to ask. If you've had, if you raise kids, I'll put it that way. If you're raising kids or have raised kids, ever said to them, I know you have rhetorical question. You know, a little thanks goes a long way in this house. Can I borrow $20, Dad? Oh, for the days when it was only $20. You got to love generous people, though. When we were kids, Sister Lacey, we would go to the store, whatever, we'd, whatever we were going to do. Lived on Lazy Mountain, and Mom would say, what are you going to do? Well, I want to buy a Mountain Dew, and I want to buy a bag of popcorn. And if, you know, I wouldn't mind buying a candy bar. She said, how much is the popcorn? Okay, Mom. How much is the Mountain Dew? And she'd give me exactly what I asked for. But when Dad was home, I said, Dad, I'd really want to go to the, you know, goof around and with my, some of my buddies today and popcorn and, and ice cream later. And he'd never ask how much. He'd just open his wallet. And if all he had was a 20, he gave me a 20. Never asked for a dime back. Love generous people. You know who I ask most of the time for money then. Love generous people. They're not keeping score. They're just thankful. They knew where they came from, what they used to have. Number one, God wants praise. He wants us to be thankful. Number two is Micah 6, verse 8. He has showed you, O man, what is good. He went about doing good. And he showed you what good is. And what the Lord requires of you. But to do justly or right. It means do right. And to love mercy. And to walk humbly. So do the right thing, be merciful, and be humble. That's doing good. Hey, where would you be tonight if it wasn't for Jesus in your life? You don't have to be the person that, 
Ooh, when you walk by, they mystically fall out in the altar. That's what some of those disciples wanted. Just be a person that I'm, I got my mind made up. I'm going to do good today. I'm going to thank the Lord today for what he's done. I'm going to be kind to somebody on my job today. I'm going to be kind to somebody at my boss today. I'm going to be kind to somebody in my family that is hard to be kind to. To do the right thing, to be merciful, and to be humble. I know where I'd be tonight if it wasn't for the Lord. It wouldn't be a good place. But thank God we're not there anymore. Let's do that. Let's thank him that we're not there anymore. Let's thank him with our own words, our own lips, our own mouths, our own vocabulary. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad I'm not a drunk anymore. I'm glad I'm not on drugs anymore. I'm glad I'm not in, in here or there or wherever I shouldn't be anymore. Oh, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. I know where I'd be, Lord, and I don't even want to think about it. You're so kind. You're so good. You're so merciful. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what the password is? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.